Romans 12, verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you would present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. This is verse 2. This is the important part. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Don't be conformed, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The work is all inside of me. If I want to be healthy, the work is inside me. If I want to be wealthy, the work is inside me. If I want to be um, anointed, if I want to be influential, if I want to be at peace, if I want to be motivated, if I, anything I want, the battle is inside of me. The job is to transform my mind, transform what I currently believe and believe something different. How many years are we going to serve God and stay in the same place? I'm really tired of everybody in the church blaming the devil. I'm really tired of everybody in the church blaming God. Jesus said, are you, did I not say you are God's? Is, does the law not say you are God's? And yet you're going to die like mortal men. That's what he said. You have greatness in you that you have never even considered. When God says, I'm going to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think, I'm telling you, he's going to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think. All that you can ask or think. Exceedingly abundantly above that. <clears throat> we are so limited in our thinking. What I wanted to talk to you about tonight is matter. <clears throat> like this scripture said, don't be conformed to the word, but be transformed. Be transformed. Do you know that we want to change our outside circumstances? We want people to treat us differently. Or we want our finances to be differently. Or we want, you know, to have opportunities different than the ones we currently have. We want to be invited to different places than we're invited to now. We all have dreams. We all have ideas. We all have stuff we would like to see. But we go about trying to get those things by trying to change matter in the natural. Okay? You are not going to do it that way. We think we're going to create some new matter and then it's going to work. Or we think that we're going to change this matter. I'm going to, this habit or this addiction, I'm going to change that. I'm going to take that away. And you're not going to do it outside of yourself. You can move 150 times. But do you know who's going to be at your house when you wake up the next day? You. And your same perspective on life. Your same belief system. 
And that's why no matter where you live, you're going to always end up circling the same mountain. It doesn't matter where you work. You're going to always end up circling the same mountain. It doesn't matter who you're married to. You're going to circle the same mountain. Does that make sense? So how do we change? How can we transform something? Well, matter, if matter, all you can do with matter, matter will never disappear and it will ne new matter will never be here. The matter that's in the earth is balanced and full. Anything that happens to matter is going to just change it. It's called a law. Let me see if I can find where I wrote it down. It's the law of the um, conservation of mass. What happens is if I have ice and it's 32 degrees, it's frozen. If I want it to change to become something else, all I have to do is apply some heat. And the mass, it will change form, but it will not disappear. It is always going to be here. If I warm it up to 212 degrees Fahrenheit, it's going to boil and it's going to evaporate. It's going to turn into a vapor. Okay? It still is the same mass, but it's in a different form now. All mass is going to just change form. It's never going to disappear. It's never going to create a new thing. All we can do is transform it. You're going to have thoughts all day long. You're going to have to get in control of them and make sure that you're having the ones that you want to live. Don't let your mind be a playground for every crazy thought that happens. We've got to get in control of our thought. The Bible says arrest them thoughts like a criminal, he tells us. Capture every thought and bring it to the obedience of Christ. Every thought. Our victory lies in that battle. And the enemy wants you to focus nine times out of ten on what you're going to do different in the natural in order to increase financially. I'm telling you, I've been fighting that battle for 20 years. Running around more than that. Trying to change everything outside of me to bring to pass what I was wanting. And that never is going to happen. I have to change me. And the moment I change, automatically in response to me, everything in my world will change. If that's the case, then there's no reason for me to be mad at you for anything. You have no power over me. You have no power to stop me. If I believe what the Lord is teaching us, there's no reason for me to get mad at you. And I'm telling you, I, have, I get tempted. Woo! And sometimes I get caught off guard and I'll do or say something and I will be angry with somebody, right? But if I go in there and start talking to God about what I'm trying to do and stay on track, he says, labor to enter into that rest. He never says, labor 
to go do something else in the flesh. Labor to enter into that rest. We have to pursue the peace of God. We have to pursue the love of God. All the things in your life, you're not going to do away with them. They're, you're not going it, to, it's not going to happen. It's kind of like, I remember one time, you know, people just get ridiculous about water. And I'm like, do you know that all the water that's in this earth right now is the same water that went through Adam? And Mordecai and anybody else that's ever lived on the water because the, all the water that was in the earth is still in the earth. And God is such a genius. He created the entire salt water filtration system and the filtered sand of the beaches. And he knows how to clean this water. And evaporate it, put it in a cloud, blow it over the land, condensate, rain, we drink it again. It runs down the river and into our filtration system of the ocean. And it evaporates and it catches the cloud. And I mean, and this is the same water that's been here for thousands of years. Well, that's the way it is with everything. Jesus said, the poor you're always going to have with you. You're not going to eradicate poverty in the earth. You can change it in yourself. But everything's going to be in balance. So right now, while the heathen have all the finances, why doesn't the church have them? Because we believed a lie. We believed that it was unholy. It was not spiritual. You know, I have a very wealthy friend, and I told her one day, because I was so religious and ridiculous, and I said to her someday, I said, you know, all you think about is money. You ought to think about saving souls. And she said, yeah. How many souls did you save last month? Because I sent, you know, $20,000 to this ministry over here, and they saved a whole bunch of them. So who's doing more for the kingdom of God? You or me? And that day I was all ticked off. But now I'm at it like, okay, she was right. Right? She's right. I was thinking wrong because I had believed a lie. And as long as I believe those lies, I'm going to stay exactly where I'm at. So my goal is to not convince you of everything I think. That's not our goal. You don't have to convince anybody. Everybody don't have to agree with you. And I used to think, well, if everybody agrees with me, then I must be right. That's not right. Everybody can agree with you and you still be dead wrong. God's word is truth. And what you're believing God for can happen regardless of what anybody else thinks about it. As a matter of fact, you know, there's one thing that when, when you're wanting to change matter, when, it, when you're wanting to transform it to something else, it changes from one state to another. And do you know how it does it? Always by extreme pressure in temperatures. Always. How do you get a diamond out of coal? Extreme pressure. How do you get water to turn to ice? Cold, extreme temperatures, 32 degrees. How do you get it to evaporate? Extreme, 212. 
If you want something to change in your life and you start believing God for it and you start declaring it and you start sowing the right seeds and you start getting the wrong seeds out of you, y'all, repentance is your best friend. I'm not talking about repenting every time I do something wrong. I'm talking about repenting about what I believe. Father, forgive me for thinking that I'm not worthy. Father, forgive me for thinking I'm not important. Father, forgive me for thinking that I'm not valuable. I don't know when the lie came to me, Lord God, that I believed that I didn't have anything important to say, but I repent for that. Remove that from my life. Don't let me eat the fruit of that anymore. And don't let me give that fruit to anybody else. I want those out of my life. That I'm not good enough, that I'm not smart enough, that I'm not nice enough, that I'm not worthy, that I'm not valuable. That's what I repent of. Now, if I do something really horrible to somebody and God convicts me or I feel like I should repent for that, I do. But I've spent my whole life running around, oh, forgive me, God. For doing the same things I was going to get up tomorrow and do again because I didn't have the power to not do them. Because if I believed I was a hopeless, worthless something and everything that I thought I was doing that was good, everybody in my world condemned me for it, then I'm sorry, but I'm going to have a cigarette. And I'm probably going to drink a beer. And I may do some other things. And so you run around and you repent for doing those actions but you never get deal with why you're doing them. Why are we doing what we're doing? It's not what you're doing. That's the problem. God took sin out of the way and nailed it to the cross. It's not what you're doing. That's the problem. It's what you believe about yourself that's the problem. When you believe you're not righteous, when you believe you're not holy, when you believe that you're not valuable or worthy, when you believe that God somehow has something against you and he doesn't want you to have something, then you're already defeated. The devil doesn't have to do nothing. All he has to do is get you to believe some lie. And his job is done. Because you will self-destruct every time you get to that place where you're about to increase or every time you get to that place where you're about to have a breakthrough, you will reach your upper limit. You will reach where you believe this is not okay with God and you will self-destruct it. That's what we do. God don't want you to do that. God is a consuming fire. When you spend time with God in his presence, worshiping him like we just did, I'm telling you, stuff gets burnt off. All those trees that you don't want, when you're surrendering your life to God and you're asking him to, Holy Spirit, come rest on me. Do a work in me. When you're praying in the Spirit, you're praying the mysteries of God. When you're reading your word and you're sowing the right seeds in your life, 
You're changing. You're being transformed. You're, you're changing inside where it matters. And once you do that, it's going to manifest for you. I've spent all this time. And I know, you know what, this, this message is kind of tough for some people because they love having that scapegoat of somebody else's fault. And the reason we have that scapegoat is because the truth is we're scared because we believe what the devil told us. People get so angry and they say things like, I can't believe all you talk about is money. You, you don't have to talk about money with me. You don't have to be around me. You don't have to do anything else you want to do. But I'm telling you what, I'm not going to back up off of it until it's all manifested in my life. I have a world to reach. And I've tried to do it for 20 years without the money. And I haven't gotten very far. And I've decided I'm going to do something different. And if the problem is in me, I've decided to spend every waking moment of my life figuring out how to change what I believe. And that's what I'm going to do. And I don't mean to offend anybody. I'm going to walk in love. Your faith works by love. And we don't get to be hateful. We don't get to be mean and have our faith working for us. I'm nobody's judge. God is the only judge. And he raises us up and he puts us down. You know, when he comes back, he gives you opportunities. <clears throat> he gives us opportunities. He gave the guy. He gave them according to their abilities. One talent, two talents, five talents. And then he stepped back for a minute and gave them an opportunity to do something with it. And he wasn't expecting the guy with one talent to do more than the guy with five talents. He was not expecting that. He wasn't expecting the guy with two talents to, to do more than the guy with five talents or, the, or to do more than the guy with one talent. He was just expecting everybody to do what they're supposed to do with what he gave them. It wasn't a competition between them. But when he got back and he was talking to them about it, the guy that did nothing, I knew you were a hard man. And you did things that were not fair. You reaped where you had not sown. And I was afraid, so I buried your money. I hid it so that I would have it to give back to you when you got here. And the master said, wow. Hmm, you knew I was a hard man. You knew I was unfair. You don't even know me. And I'm telling you, there's a remnant right now. There is a remnant. I just heard T.D. Jakes a week or two ago. I don't remember. He was preaching about the remnant. It's like the enemy comes against you sometimes, and he tries to threaten you to stop you. And he says, if you'll stop, this won't happen. 
Or if you keep this up, this is going to happen. And he always threatens you with something that means something to you. Your best bet is to stick with God. God wants more for you than you want for yourself. God's plan for you and your family is better than what you can come up with on your own. God's plan for your money is better than what you can do on your own. God's plan for your health and for your relationships and for where you're going to live and for what you're going to get to do and for the exposure that you're going to have, all of those plans for you are better and more than you can think of for yourself. We want to think that we're just thinking all these big and wonderful things and we're saying our confessions and 20 years later, 30 years later, 50 years later, we're still in the same boat we were in. That's wrong. That's no growth. I don't want to do that no more. I've been guilty of that. I'm not going to do that anymore. And, you know, people will try to help you have an escape, a way out. Listen, I'm going to take responsibility for everything that's under my jurisdiction. Because only when I take responsibility for it am I empowered to give it to God and place it under the blood and to, to do what needs to happen to it so that I can get the victory over it. God told us to repent. Not because he needs us to grovel around and feel sorry for us. That's what we used to do. I've been in churches where everybody's crying every single service. Trying to get God's approval on the fact that they're grieving over what they've done. That is not what it's about. Repentance is your key to the next level. Repentance is your way to cross that bridge you're looking at. Repentance is the thing that's going to put you over. Repentance is one of the most valuable things you have, that Jesus Christ died for your weaknesses, for your iniquities, for your everything. Got that crown on his head. Did everything he did so that you would never have to be contained at where you're at right now. He says in Genesis, let me find it real quickly. I'm gonna make you a great nation and I'm going to bless you. And I'm going to make your name great. You're going to be famous. I was watching a show the other day, and they had all these young people, college-age people, and they were asking them very simple questions. You know, what countries border America? What's three times three times three? I mean, there are very simple questions that somebody in college should have been able to answer. And one after the next, after the next, after the next, couldn't answer any of them. And then they said, can you name the Kardashian sisters? And they could all do that. They could all do it. It's time for the church to be famous. Amen. 
and you will be a blessing. I'm going to bless you and I'm going to make your name great and you will be a blessing. And I'm going to bless them that bless you. I'm going to curse them that curse you. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. In you, all of the families of the earth shall be blessed. That was God's blessing over Abram, which we have on us. If, if he's going to bless those that bless me, and in me all the families of the earth will be blessed, that means that all the families of the earth are trying to bless me. It's fact family. That's what I want in my life. I want to be a blessing to every family on this earth. And I want every family on this earth trying to bless me. And I want my name to be great. Because I want somebody to ask me what I think when something's going on. I want whenever I do a TikTok for 30 million people to listen to it. I want to have that kind of influence so that you can build the kingdom of God. Oh, well, you shouldn't want that. Look, if you don't want it, don't go for it. No skin off my nose. I'm not, I don't care. But I do want it. And I will have it. I will have it. In the name of Jesus Christ, he died so that I could fulfill all righteousness. He said he was going to bless this house and glorify us. And I looked that up in 20 different translations. Let me read it to you. Find it. I will shake all nations and the desire of all nations will come and I will fill this house with glory. The desire of all nations means all the wealth. I will shake the nations and all the wealth of the nations will come and I will fill this house with glory. When God glorifies you, that means he gives you the wealth. We want to do some things for the Lord. And in order to do that, it's going to take the money. Lots of it. And I want to be a person that can receive that money. I want, I want in my heart to believe that God wants to prosper me. Amen. He says in his word that he has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. He says, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be healthy, even as your soul prospers. That's what he said. Amen? I'm going to pray real quick, and I want to pray for you. Because I'm believing God is going to do something here. I'm believing God that he is going to expose, he's going to turn a spotlight on whatever is happening in your soul. What is the lie that you believed? You need to attack that thing like it is a venomous snake 
that is crawling into your baby's bed. You need to attack wrong thinking like it is somebody about to give your baby anthrax. You need to view a wrong thought about who you are as more serious than somebody trying to put strychnine in your drink. The most important thing you can do is watch every thought that comes into your head. And don't let them just resonate there. You, look, I know you've heard this. The enemy has fiery darts of the wicked. He'll shoot them in there. You'll be watching a TV show and some crazy thought will come in there. You'll be having an argument with a family member and some crazy thing will come out and it'll come in there. You can't stop the bird from flying over your head. But you can stop it from building a nest in there. Don't let that mess move in your head. Arrest them like a criminal. And it don't have to be money. It don't have to be whatever you want. Peace? Hope? A future? Relationships? There's a lot of things that I have believed God for at different times. I just happen to be on the finances right now because I'm doing something for God. But there's a million times I have prayed for deliverance from feeling unworthy from feeling like nobody listens to me, from feeling like I don't have anything important to say, that I don't add value. I've had every conceivable thought. I've been told a million times how I'm not gonna amount to nothing. Over and over and over and over by the people that supposedly love me more than anybody else on the planet. And then follow it up with, Oh, you've always had it so easy. Oh, you've all, oh, well, everybody's always treated, oh, well, you're like, hmm. No, honey, the devil is an equal opportunity oppressor. And he has tried to ruin my life just like he's tried to ruin everybody else's life. None of us are exempt from that mess. God loves you. And he loves you so much that Jesus Christ died for you. And he has paid for all your mistakes, whatever they are. Because he knows that it's not what you're doing in the natural that's the mistakes. The mistakes are the lies that people told you that we believed. We didn't know any better. We didn't know. I asked God, I asked God one time a couple of years ago, what am I? And he told me I was a bulldozer. And now that I'm figuring this out, I'm thinking, well, that makes sense. Because I'm going to mow down some trees in some people's lives. Amen? I am. I want to. And I want to pray for you right now. Everybody in this room, I want to pray for you. Because I am believing God that you are going to get delivered from some trees that have been growing there too long. I command root rot on every tree that's growing in your life that God did not plant. Amen? Y'all come here, because I'm going to pray for you.